Now broadcasting from his hidden bunker and fully stocked bar, it is the Saturday Report with Hope Sebastian Taylor. Thank you, my friends, and welcome once again to the Saturday Report with me, Coke Sebastian Taylor, adventurer, entrepreneur, and amateur Eastern European consultant. Welcome to AWSM Radio, an independent digital-only radio station that plays today's best music, old-school classics, along with a rotating cast of all-star DJs. AWSM Radio focuses on mainstream artists, independent artists, along with a variety of interesting music and talk shows throughout the day. All we do is entertain, inspire, and inform. Hey, my friends, I want you to be part of the show. I want you to be part of the conversation. So find me on the Twitter, on the Rizzle, on the Instagram, even on the Cameo at Colt S. Taylor. Uh, catch up with all things on the newly updated com. And, of course, if you can't be here on the weekends, then subscribe to the podcast version of the show at anchor.fm slash Colt S. Taylor. All right, my friends, let's get started with this week's Saturday Report. First up this week, my friends, cell phones. Uh, in fact, you may be listening to this show on a cell phone and listen to AWSM Radio on a cell phone on a regular basis. Well... A major cell phone network is shutting down. Well, a a, a sort of um, bandwidth. 3G, yes. The 3G networks around the country are now shutting down uh, this year. If you look at your phone right now, you probably see a 4G. Many phones are 4G and 5G now, but there's still quite a few out there. Uh, cell phone-wise, they still use 3G. Um, not, not too many, but enough that companies are warning that it's time to upgrade because 3G is being shut down. Uh, AT&T is shutting it down on February 22nd, so that is just around the corner. T-Mobile, uh, which is my cell phone company, not a sponsor yet, will be doing it in the third quarter, and Verizon will be doing this by the end of the year. So if you have a 3G phone, my friends... um. It's just not going to work. But there are other concerns with this as well. There are a lot of uh, cars still out there that use 3G for their built-in GPS systems, including Chevrolet, Buick, Cadillac. and um, But like some of these newer, older cars, they can be upgraded. Software can be upgraded for them to, to work and uh, whatnot. Some of these older cars... Uh, they're going to be losing this feature for good unless they do some major equipment upgrades like components and swapping out computers, which can be very, 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 very expensive. Uh, so if you have that classic 2003 car with OnStar that you just can't get rid of, um, you're not going to be able to use that OnStar stuff anymore. And there is a bit of a concern that people don't realize, they don't realize that... Um, their cars and even their security systems are going to be out of date. Now, on the security system side, just about a hundred percent of people have have fixed fixed their systems to be now four G. They've they've they knew this was coming, so for the last two years, a lot of security systems have upgraded their own security stuff like ADT in order to um uh in order to do this. Uh, in fact, uh, ADT. Um, acquired Cell Bounce, uh, which makes a device that converts 3G signals 
into 4G for AT&T's network. So they saw that this was coming, and then they bought a company to help them figure that out. Now, what is the difference between 3G and 4G? I don't know. I do know 4G is faster. I do know that. But other than that, I am unsure of the actual difference between it. Um, I have a 4G phone. Um, I think my last phone was a 3G phone, so that, that'll tell you how, how often I update my phone. You know, and I've been thinking about updating my phone anyway, so take advantage of the 5G network with the old T-Mobile, but we'll, we'll see if I actually around to get to that. But, uh, anyways, um, this is coming. This is coming this year, and AT&T, AT&T is shutting down their 3G network, uh, on February 22nd. So, um, yeah, they think this is going to affect cars, more than other uh, industries, because a lot of industries have been really on top of that. But cars, I mean, some cars last 5, 10, 20 years, so people take really good care of them, and they don't really know how much this is going to impact. And a lot of people might wake up on February 22nd and realize that, oh gosh, my car's fancy GPS, it don't work. So hopefully, friends, uh, you will not be too much impacted by this. Uh, but uh, this is very interesting that... Uh, now 3G is gone. I remember when 3G was the big, amazing thing. I had a phone that had Edge, which is like fancy 2G+, but now we're all the way up to 5G. Imagine when we get to when we get to 10G. The cell phone will just be like a floating ball of energy that will tell us that we're getting a phone call that will send a voicemail. So uh, anyways, check your phones, friends. If you got 3G, it is time to upgrade. Moving along to other areas of technology, more of technology companies, Apple's Tim Cook, uh, is, uh, his, his pay package is being approved here soon. Uh, basically, he's being paid $99 million for his work at Apple. And, uh, some investors and shareholders are giving him a little bit of backlash. Uh, that's a lot of money up almost $15 million from the year before. Uh, his net worth is close to a billion dollars. Uh, and uh, that's they're saying, you know what? That might be just a bit too much. That might be a bit too much. We think that, uh, you know, that's 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 just a lot of a lot of money. And a lot of the shareholders, uh, one of the investment companies, uh, have votes on the board saying that there are significant concerns over the design and magnitude of the package Half of the award lacks performance criteria. So half of his pay is not even performance-based. performance, performance based. So they feel that that is just, uh, you know, a wee bit too much. A wee bit too much. Uh, so his pay is, uh, is, is over 1,400 times more than the average wage of an Apple employee. Includes over $630,000 for security, and seven hundred thousand dollars for use of a private jet, and uh, this investment company said these perks are significantly exceed uh, comparable companies last year. Uh, if you look at a chart from the nineteen fifties to today, the uh, sort of line of the pay of people ahead of companies versus the average uh, wage of their employees has di- has diverged significantly. They is way, way, way different, way, way apart. I am not a big fan of this whatsoever. Uh, I mean, what does he really do, anyways? I mean, just, just saying. Yeah, he's the face of the company, but you know, I think a hundred million dollars 
with over half of it not being related to any sort of performance, that's 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 a bit much. That's a bit much. Um, but if you are a shareholder of Apple, eh, you're probably you might be pretty happy with Tim Cook. Uh, shareholder returns are now a thousand percent higher than when Mr. Cook took over in two thousand and eleven. So he's been here for ten years since Steve Jobs passed away. Uh, it, it's still a very good stock to have. Uh, however, uh, despite the backlash of the what's going on here, uh, the shareholder vote is advisory only, and the Apple's board um, uh, makes the final decision on pay packages. Uh, last year, uh, 95% of the shareholders of Apple approved of the executive compensation program. So... We'll see what happens. There's been a lot of uh, shareholder rebellion lately uh, for uh, excessive pay packages. and Started in oil companies, but now moving over to technology companies. So we'll see if he manages to get his money. He'll probably, he's doing fine. He's got plenty of money. But we'll see if they try to scale that back a little bit. Speaking of jobs, we now go to the kingdom of Saudi Arabia where uh, there are going to be some bullet trains opening up here soon between uh, the cities of, let's see here, Mecca and Medina, which are two holy cities in the Muslim faith. Very important. Uh, gets a lot of visitors uh, every year for various pilgrimages pil- pil- and whatnot. And they're making bullet trains to get people between Mecca and Medina uh, quicker. Well, uh, this company, uh, Spanish Railway Operator Renef, who's in charge of building and running these trains, uh, had a job opening for 30 female train drivers in Saudi Arabia, and they got 28 applicants. I'm sorry, 28,000 applicants. Yes, 28,000 applications uh, for 30 positions for female train drivers, uh, indicating that that, that there might be a demand for uh, jobs for women in Saudi Arabia as that uh, country begins to open up a bit more in gender equality uh, for the most part. Uh, so the company said that uh, they did some, uh, did some uh, uh, you know, they have to have some qualifications, including uh, be able to speak English and whatnot and have some experience uh, running machines and background, academic background. So they re- reduced that by half, but there's still 14,000 applications to get through, and they're going to try to get through all of them by mid-March, which, there's a lot of people working on those and whatnot. Uh, so, this shows that there's a lot of uh, interest in jobs in Saudi Arabia. Uh, women are starting to participate more in the workforce, uh, according to a recent study that uh, the female participation in the workforce has nearly doubled in the last five years to 33%. Um, women weren't even allowed to drive in the kingdom since 2018, uh, this has all been a uh, project and push by the Saudi Arabian Crown Prince to open up the kingdom and diversify economy. Up until now, um, these um, uh, uh, these jobs were restricted to men and migrant workers, and women were usually limited to roles such as teachers and medical workers. Uh, but still around, uh, still very a male-dominated workforce went up, but they're trying to get that higher and higher. Uh, this is, you know, very great that they're opening up the country and giving women, uh, more, uh, opportunities in Saudi Arabia to participate more in society. Uh, despite that, despite that, uh, there's still 
a lot, a lot of um, big old magnifying glass on Saudi Arabia for human rights. Um, lots of scrutiny. Um, there are has been a re- there has been crackdowns on dissidents that shared and shared dozens of women rights activists. And of course, of course, the death and murder of journalist Jamal Khashoggi, Khashoggi in two thousand eighteen. Uh, still, still, still quite a stain on uh, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, as well as its crown prince, who seems like pretty much involved in that. Uh, it seems to indicate that. So, uh, so on one side, lots of good things going on there. On the other side, there's still a lot of things that they got to work on. But anyways, uh, going back, uh, the railway bullet train operators looking for 30 female train drivers uh, to operate these bullet trains. Take about a year of training to get them trained up to use them, got 28,000 applications. That is a lot of resumes. Although my friend DC is not qualified to run a bullet train, he is overqualified to entertain you, my friends. That's right, DC has some shows here on AWSM Radio. He is our in-house DJ. Uh, His first show is DC Live in Effect, Mixing up on Fridays at 9, Sundays at 10. Uh, you don't want to miss it while he's kicking the beats on the 1s and 2s from his South Florida compound. And then on Saturdays, if that wasn't enough, later tonight, after you listen to my show, you, you know, done with my show, get the day done. And then tonight, tonight, my friends, it's DC's House Party Saturdays. And he brings his freestyle DJ to the max. Uh, House Party Saturdays gives you all the flavor of Miami Vibe without actually having to be there. From the top clubs to the bars, DC will bring the party to you, my friends. That's Saturday at 10. So just to recap, you can listen to DC Fridays at 9, Saturdays at 10, Sundays at 10, with his shows DC Live in Effect, DC House Party Saturdays, and then DC Live in Effect again. So, you know, set your calendars. Listen to my pal DC. Tell him tell that Colt Sebastian Taylor sent you. Uh, you won't get anything, but it'll be funny if that gets back to me and whatnot. But anyways, all of your DC, all you all you need, right here on AWSM Radio. We now go from South Florida to the southern part of South America, extreme southern tip of Chile, where Christina Calderon uh, passed away uh, this week at the age of 93. She was Chile's last indigenous Yahan language speaker. Uh, a, a blow for the dwindling culture down there. Uh, she was known locally as Grandma Grandma Christina, uh, recognized in 2009 by the Chile, uh, Ch- Chilean government as a living human treasure for work preserving a culture at the risk of extinction. Uh, she spent the last years of her life making traditional reed baskets and other handcrafts uh, and teaching the language and culture to her people and to her descendants. Uh, she said in 2017, I am the last speaker of Yak Han. Others can understand it, but don't speak it or know it like I do. Uh, where at the time a few people still lived who could speak it. Uh, her daughter announced on Twitter on Wednesday that it was a sad news for the Yak Han people. And uh, they are trying to uh, keep the language alive and traditions uh, of the Yak Han people. Now, uh, they lived in the southern part, southern tip of South America, lived off of fishing, paddling canoes along coastal waterways, 
Uh, but now they pretty much do tourism, making handicrafts and working as seasonal laborers. Um, they fished in very dangerous waters, wearing little clothing, smearing their bodies in seal fat, apparently, donning only seal skins when temperatures plummeted. Uh, but as settlers came in, they uh, started to adopt a more sedentary lifestyle and started wearing clothing uh, that were, you know, custom of the time. And now they kind of just uh, make, you know, trinkets and baskets and uh, don't do a whole lot of, a uh, lot of, a uh, lot of fishing anymore. So trying to keep that culture alive down there. And, uh, but unfortunately, the last native speaker of their language did pass away this week at the age of 93. Another passing of note this week, Myrtle Millridge, the world's oldest New England Patriots fan, passed away at the age of 106. Uh, she was a diehard fan, recognized the world's oldest uh, New England Patriot fan, passed away this week at a hospice in Maine. Uh, in February, uh, she was given the jersey number 106 earlier this month to commemorate her birthday in December. Uh, her obituary uh, read in part, Myrtle was recognized, recently recognized as being the oldest Patriots fan in the world by receiving a New England Patriots jersey with her name and number 106 to represent her age. She also received a signed letter from Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots team. She enjoyed watching many sports, particularly New England teams. Uh, her... Her fan, uh, her, her love of the team uh, dates back to when the New England Patriots were known as the Boston Patriots and were in the American Football League. Uh, the Patriots made the move to the NFL when the NFL and AFL merged in the 1970s when she was in her 50s. Uh, then, you know, they moved from Boston to Foxborough, remained a fan all these years, and uh, was actually the Grand Marshal of the Patriots parade in their most recent Super Bowl win when they defeated the Los Angeles Rams, who won this year's Super Bowl also when they beat, uh, just last week, the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals. So, anyways, anyways, anyways. Uh, world's oldest New England Patriot fan, Miss Myrtle Millage, uh, passed away this week at the age of 106, a lifelong fan of the football team, uh, I'm sure then she'll be honored uh, by the Patriots probably next year for some little thing they'll probably do in their home stadium. In other sports news, the Winter Olympics started this uh, last week in Beijing, China. Uh, I believe it goes on for another week, so I'll have an update next week as well. Uh, China uh, beat, it, beat out Kazakhstan by four votes in uh, 2015 to host the Winter Olympics. Uh, there was only... <laughs> there was at the time a tremendous amount of uh, scandal. Apparently, the Olympic Committee are a bunch of grifters and like to be bribed, basically, to vote for them for various uh, for various venues and whatnot. And uh, there were three cities uh, applying, uh, one being Oslo, Norway, Almaty, Kazakhstan, and Beijing, China. Nor uh, Oslo canceled their uh, canceled their uh, application after it came out that there was a bunch of demands for the IOC to come to their city, and they just went like, nope, we're not paying for that. We're done. So, But Beijing is having the 2022 Winter Olympics, as well as the Para Paralympics afterwards. 
hosting uh, various events in Beijing, uh, Yanqing, and Zhangjiakou, which I am likely butchering. Uh, they'll be reusing, reusing some of the venues from the 2008 Summer Olympics and whatnot and creating some new, uh, creating some new uh, events as well. Uh, the Beijing National so- National uh, Stadium, uh, which is what they were uh, used in um, the Summer Olympics, will be using that. They also uh, renovated the Beijing National Aquatics Center, the Beijing National Indoor Stadium, which was previously used. They'll be using that again. They cr- they built the National Speed Skating Oval, uh, the Capital Indoor Stadium, which is being used, the Wuxong Sports Center. Uh, existing, the Big Air Shao Gang Snowboarding Event, brand new, obviously, and then since the previous Olympic Village was turned into residential, they would have to build a new Olympic Village as well, and whatnot. So, uh, they got some other venues as well. So, uh, moving along, uh, obviously, uh, COVID-19 is still a big deal here, so a lot of these venues do not have uh, outside audience members, just friends and family inside sort of Olympic bubbles and whatnot. And they are doing uh, 119 events over 15 over fifteen disciplines in seven sports, uh, including alpine skiing, biathlon, bobsled, cross-country skiing, curling, figure skiing, freestyle skiing, ice hockey, the luge, the Nordic combine, short track speed skating, Skeleton, ski jumping, snowboarding, and speed skating. Whew. Um, moving along, uh, in terms of countries that are participating, uh, Saudi Arabia and Haiti made their debut in the, uh, in the Olympics this year, setting people for the first time. Uh, other notable countries that participated this year, but now to press participate in 2018 uh, include America, Samoa, Peru, Trinidad and Tobago, and the Virgin Islands. Uh, They sent people this year, but not in 2018. And then there were some countries and National Olympic Committees that sent people in 2018, but not in 2022 this year, including Bermuda, Kenya, Singapore, South Africa, Togo, Tonga, North Korea, and the Korean... um, the Korean uh, joint team as well. Uh, in other news, in sort of uh, these um, uh, in Olympics, there was a diplomatic a diplomatic boycott of the game, uh, not sending any diplomats to the opening ceremonies, saying athletes, but not sending uh, diplomats to the opening game. It's customary that ambassadors attend or heads of states will come and attend. But uh, there was a diplomatic boycott over human rights uh, conditions in China. The ones that joined include uh, the United States, United Kingdom, uh, Taiwan, Lithuania, Kosovo, India, Denmark, Czechoslovakia, I mean, sorry, Czech Republic, Canada, Belgium, Australia, uh, Netherlands, Japan, and Estonia also uh, expressed concerns as well. Uh, now, finally, the medal count, the big medal count, uh, so far... Uh, 28 countries have won medals uh, in the game so far. Norway, the big winner so far, with the most medals at 29 and 14 gold medals overall. Uh, Germany is next with 22 overall medals and 10 gold medals. United States, 21 overall medals and 8 gold medals. And China and Sweden, 
tied with seven gold medals each, but Sweden was two more, two more medals more than um, two more medals more than the uh, host country of China. China. Uh, then also of note, Russia is banned from their games, but their athletes are allowed to to participate. Uh, banned because of drug doping issues in Sochi. I think that was in 2000, I want to say, 2014, 2018, yeah, 2014. Anyways, they're not allowed to participate as Russia, but their athletes are allowed to come as the ROC, basically the Russian Olympic Committee. So I'm not quite sure what the point is of banning Russia from the Olympic Games from cheating by letting their athletes complete, complete, compete. They're just not allowed to wear Russian uniforms or have the Russian, Russian national anthem play when they win events, or have their flag displayed. So, I guess that's what being punished in the Olympics is. Go figure. Well, anyways, the ROC has won five gold medals, nine silver, and 12 bronze for a total of 26 medals. So, they actually won... Actually, I had the wrong totals here. They, 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 they're actually... The, they've won the second most amount of medals with 26. Uh, Norway being one... The Russians uh, next, Germans with 22, and the United States with 21. Uh, but, ranked number third, uh, or fourth, fourth on this list, but they do not have the most gold medals. So, uh, there has been only one podium sweep so far in the games. Uh, a podium sweep is when one country wins all three medals gold, silver, and bronze. It was Germany in the two man bobsled event. Uh, the teams of two. Uh, won all three three medals in that particular event. So I'll have a final update next week, let you know what the final medal counts are. And uh, not that I watch it because I'm not really interested in the in the Winter Olympics. Speaking of sweeps, I'll tell you what sweeps the evening commutes Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m., taking gold, silver, and bronze. It's the Rock Session. It's a drive-time show here, making sure your evening commute home is fun, featuring the hottest music on the charts and some other surprises in between. She will, my friend, rocks. Make it rock. Rock styles. Rock style. She rocks. She just rocks it. So her name is Rocks. She rocks the mic. So listen to the Rock Sessions, Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m., right here on AWSM Radio. In other Olympic news, even though I don't watch it, I do like some of these stories. Uh, Aaron Jackson made history during this Olympics being the first uh, black woman to win an Olympic gold medal in speed skating. She took uh, she took the medal in the 500-meter uh, speed skating. Uh, also the first black woman to win a gold medal in the sport as well. And uh, she almost didn't make it. Uh, she, uh, sort of, uh, did not do well in her trials, had a slip, and did not make the cutoff. However, however, uh, fellow skater, um, uh, well, what's her name? Uh, Brittany Bowie, or Bo, I'm gonna say Bowie, uh, gave her her spot in the, uh, her Olympic team because it was very important to her that she, uh, have her chance to run the race. Uh, she is a Team USA veteran, um, uh, but she gave up her spot so Bowie could compete in the race, and she was the first person to congratulate her when she won the gold medal in her final, in her uh, final uh, race of the, for the final race 
for uh, the gold medal. Uh, lots of pictures when she sat down and realized she won. Uh, her friend uh, came over and gave her a big old hug to congratulate her uh, on her win. Uh, before the games, Jackson told the insider that uh, she want she wants to see Brittany Bowie with a gold medal around her neck when all said and done in Beijing. And uh, and uh, this is I want her to see me with one too. So uh, Jackson up up upheld her end of the deal, and uh, I believe Bowie will be racing. Uh, I I don't have the results right in front of me. I'm gonna I'll, I will I will let you know next week. Hopefully they are both gold medal. Winners and whatnot. So uh, maybe maybe that news will come across my desk while I'm doing a thing here. Well, you know what? I'll, I'm I'm just gonna look. Let me just type the type the type. And it turns out she took bronze in the thousand meters. So not gold, but she still took a medal. So uh, she is uh, she is great. So she has taken apparently Brittany she uh, Brittany Brittany Bow here. Uh, she's a veteran a veteran in terms of. Being in the uh, the Olympics, uh, she has taken uh, so one two three four five one two three four five gold medals, three silver medals, and four bronze medals um, over her over her career in various world uh, various world competitions. So she is a multi 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 medal award winner and is currently the world record holder for the thousand meter speed skating so she's fast she's very fast but she gave her spot to her teammate uh so she could win uh her own gold medals so to uh to their to miss jackson there so congratulations to aaron jackson for winning her first gold medal as well as Brittany Bowie for winning her bronze medal and being an amazing teammate by letting her fellow teammate, Aaron Jackson, compete for the gold in Beijing. Speaking of speed, curling. Ah, curling. For those who don't know what curling is, uh, you are literally living under a rock because it involves rocks. Two teams sliding rocks down an icy, icy path using brooms and polishers and sort of, like, other things to make the rocks slow down, speed up, hit the rocks, knock them out of the things. It's kind of like shuffleboard, except it's, it's, it's amazingly popular. And these fellas are, are long-haired, mullet, mustache. They are some interesting-looking folks. They aren't the tiny folks that do speed skating or figure skating. These guys, these guys got some bulk. Well, um, in this year's curling event, there's, despite having brooms... And uh, stones. There is some technology involved with this. Uh, you have to release your stone by a certain line called the hog line. And there are electronics in the stones that will will understand when you release the stone. They'll be able to tell if it's a legal release or not a release. Well, the system in Beijing has failed. Uh, they've been using the same system since 2004. They did a new system this year. And the batteries in these stones aren't holding the charge. And so it has been causing massive amount of delays. So eventually they said, you know what? We're not using the sensors. We're just doing, doing it by the honor system and by judges watching and whatnot. So, uh, yeah. So they are not using electronics. They're all doing everything by eye or by the honor system here in curling. I guess they're very noble athletes and whatnot. But uh, just to show you something as simple as, as sailing a rock down an icy, icy length of ice, 
uh, still requires a little technology and batteries for it to be, you know, official and whatnot, but uh, not this year. So I, I don't even understand, like, how that works. But uh, where it is, they can't use it, so they're using the Ryballs. So you'll see some very slow-moving yet anxious curling action coming up here uh, on the Olympics. Uh, that's probably the one sport I would watch for a little bit, just for my own curiosity. Now, speaking of sports, listen, my friends, uh, what they don't have at the Winter Olympics is basketball. They don't do basketball on ice or ice skates. Should they? Maybe. That'd be interesting. I'd be interested to see them attempting to do that. I'm sure they do that in Norway. But for those who don't like the cold and like basketball, well, my friends, you need to be here on uh, Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. to listen to To the Rack with Mac. It is your go-to spot for all things basketball. You need to join NBA expert Mac Daddy as he brings you a full hour of high-flying hoops expertise for all things NBA. You really need to listen to uh, To the Rack with Mac right here on AWSN Radio. I mean, listen, we're all, we're all busy. So it's a nice, it's a nice program that gets you updated on all things NBA. So listen to To the Rack with Mac, Wednesdays at 9 p.m., right here on AWSM Radio. Folks, guess what's back? Not from the future, but from the past, the DeLorean. That's right. The Goldwyn car is being resurrected by, in Texas by a group of investors and executives who spent time at the China-backed e, uh, electronic vehicle startup Karma Automotive. And they're working with Stephen uh, Wine, who acquired DeLorean's branding rights in the 1990s and the parts and supplies for about 6,000 vehicles that are not built yet, but all the parts have been made. And they're making an all-electric video, all-electric car. A DeLorean all-electric DeLorean car. That's right. You can have a DeLorean that's all-electric. I don't know if it can go up to 88 miles per hour, but uh, uh, you probably won't have to steal plutonium from the Libyans to make it work. So, so uh, they are hopefully going to drum up uh, interest and support in order to make these cars... I guess they have enough parts for 6,000. I don't know what happens after that or if parts get broken, how they get them replaced, but we shall see. Uh, it gained some notoriety, the DeLorean, uh, in the 1980s uh, because its founder, the late John DeLorean, was convicted for various crimes, including, I believe, uh, cocaine. And then the DeLorean was featured, of course, in the Back to the Future movies and became a pop culture icon. Uh, the new company is going to be called the DeLorean Motors Reimagined LLC. The executive officer is Jost DeVeers. And uh, yeah, they will set up headquarters in San Antonio and bringing in uh, 450 jobs, apparently. Uh, obviously, it is a very crowded field of electric, electric videos. Tesla obviously being the big uh, dog in the yard, although its founder, Elon Musk, kind of a jerk. Kind of, a, kind of a bastard. But anyways, we'll see how well these electric DeLoreans do, or even if they'll get out on the road, whatnot. Uh, I will be more than happy to be a spokesman for the company if they give me a DeLorean. So I'll just don't put that out there. Just putting that 
out there. Speaking of making a comeback, Chippendale Rescue Rangers is making a comeback in a movie for Disney Plus, but this isn't like uh <laughs> this isn't like uh the DuckTales reboot where they're just doing a new DuckTales cartoon. This is a movie where it's in a world kind of like Who Framed Roger Rabbit where uh, who makes a cameo apparently in this movie, where cartoons are living in the world of people and whatnot. So in the future, Chippendale uh, are like they, this is years after their canceled TV series. They're very successful. Uh, Chip is an insurance salesman, uh, and then uh, Ch- uh, Dale had CGI surgery, so now Dale's a CGI character, and he's doing the convention circuit, sort of like the old TV stars. And apparently, they have to team up together to save an old friend's life and whatnot. So uh, I saw the trailer. Ah, I'm probably going to watch it. I, I am legitimately interested to see how they do it. They have lots of cartoons in there, a lot of uh, jokes about uh, CGI and whatnot. Uh, it has a, lot of, has a lot of voices in it. Uh, the voice of Chip is by John Mulaney. Andy Saber, Sandberg is doing Dale. Also featuring Will Arnett, uh, uh, Keegan-Michael Key, uh, Seth Rogen, J.K. Simmons, Chris Parnell, as well as uh, Trace McNeil, uh, Eric Band, and Fula Borg, and Dennis Hasbert, 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 also some pretty famous names in there. So uh, we, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, premieres on May 20th, exclusively on Disney+. Plus. Uh, I will, uh, I'll more than likely watch it. I'm a bi- I was a big Chippendale Rescue Rangers fan, so there'll probably be a lot of, be, be of in-jokes from the old cartoon in that particular movie. Moving along, folks. What's going on? No, I'm not talking about the Olympics or Chippendale Rescue Rangers. I'm talking about the show. What's going on? It is our fo- our Fox Sports affiliate show here on AWSM Radio. And uh, it provides listeners with over 150 combined years of sports knowledge. Uh, hosted by Nate Brown and his crack commando crew. Uh, he's been well-known in Western New York uh, for his sports coverage for the last two decades, and now they are going national. So you can listen to them right here on AWSM Radio uh, at 10 p.m. on every Wednesday. Wednesdays at 10 p.m. What's going on for all your sports-related needs uh, right here on AWSM Radio. Well, that just about wraps up today's uh, episode of the Sarah Report with me, Colt Sebastian Taylor. Thank you for joining me here today. Uh, remember, you can find me on the Twitter, on the Cameo, on the Rizzle, on the Instagram, at Colt S. Taylor. And if you have just so happened just to caught like the last few moments of the show, like, oh, I feel terrible, I missed the show. Well, you can subscribe, my friends, to the podcast version of the show at anchor.fm slash Colt S. Taylor. And of course, if you haven't already, I have officially updated it. Check out all of my adventures at ColtSebastianTaylor.com, including, my friends, a new D&D podcast, which I am lending my voice talents to. Who do I play? Myself, Colt Sebastian Taylor. Of course, it's pretty good stuff. And uh, of course, and finally, friends, have a good weekend. It's President's Day on Monday, so hopefully you will have a four-day weekend. If not, well, then you won't be able to make any bank deposits or get mail on Monday because those two things are closed. As for me, my friends, my work never ends. I never take a day off unless I am currently unavailable. So, until next Saturday, my friends, I am, of course, as always, your favorite redhead, 
the host with the most, the Ayatollah of Rock and Rolla, Colt Sebastian Taylor. And I'll see you later.